Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, so this is episode 75, and we're going to talk about kind of a dark thing that happened this week. There was a settlement for $46 million given to a man because he was paralyzed at a San Diego jiu-jitsu gym. This is news. I'm sure you've heard a noop. I think everyone in the community has pretty much heard. Yeah. I tried to avoid the news when you sent it to me because I was like, I hate hearing about anything involving paralysis. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes me tense up. Yeah. So for those that may not have heard it, 23-year-old Jack Greener, he was claimed to be a beginner Brazilian jiu-jitsu student. I think that's still up for debate at Del Mar Jiu-Jitsu Club in San Diego. And he was he was paralyzed after the instructor hit a particular move on him. And when the news first broke out, uh, the claim was negligence. I mean, he was awarded $46 million for, you know, getting paralyzed. And he was awarded $46 million because it was deemed to be negligence. And so this black belt, Sinestro, he's a 30-year-old, Francisco Iteralde, second degree black belt. He's very good. He's competitive. Uh, he was the one that did this. So when I first heard the news, it sounded like he did a move on his neck. I was thinking a neck crank, something just kind of vicious, you know, like something intended, especially with the lawsuit paying out and all. But now video has surfaced of the incident. Um, people are backing up Sinestro on this. It's a pretty dicey situation. It's a shame because someone has been paralyzed. It is awful. But is it negligence is, I think, what the jiu-jitsu community is starting to think about right now. I know he w- it was awarded based on that, but I'm not really sure that is the case. Do you have feelings on this? Have you seen the video? Yeah, so now I saw the video because I figured we were going to talk about it and I had okay. it on my anxiety and looking at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also helped knowing that the guy's no longer paralyzed. So he's yeah, able so to- I've heard this as well, which is kind of crazy because part of his settlement money, like if you look at how it is itemized, part of it is lost wages for the rest of his life. And and he does like he is climbing mountains and doing stuff now, supposedly, but also Oof. who knows what's going on inside. I don't know. Right now, people talk about anxiety and sometimes I'm like, all right, we'll just deal with it. But whenever I hear anything about paralysis, like my brain is just like, fuck and i just always i don't know like i i kind of tense up mm-hmm. and so you figure if he had a he was paralyzed for even a year like i figure that's gotta fuck with your mind so much you know for the rest of your life so this so happened in 2018 the settlement's just like yes. settling now did you explain the move the guy did okay so Sorry. in turtle position all right so the guy's down on his elbows and knees face down right balled up Sinestro has his back, has a seatbelt grip over one shoulder and under the armpit of the opposite arm. All right. He does a forward roll over his left shoulder, I believe. All right. Now, if you, as the attacker on this, the the move is intended to sweep a guy so you can take their back. It opens them up. You can put your feet in for the hooks. It's a back take. It's a common back. I don't personally do it. I haven't found great success with it. I don't really like it. I've actually been in the scenario that Jack Greener has in where my neck has been tweaked from going the wrong way. I'm not paralyzed. Like I've seen it happen. I've been on both ends of the move, 
But anyway, he goes to roll. Jack Greener turns his head the other way. His neck takes the force. Now, the move is not intended to attack the neck. The move is intended not even to submit a guy or even hurt a guy. The move is intended to take a better position on the guy. So that's and what I have like a real issue with is like, can this be negligence? Now, here's what okay. I found out. Sinestro admitted to negligence, which is what sealed the case. Even though his defense tried to prove against it, unfortunately, Sinestro in his own testimony admitted guilt in it. And that's the problem. And I think a lot of it was probably that PTSD, feeling sorry for the guy. He didn't really understand. And that's what really was a stake in his you know, heart. So there's so many things to go in within this. But also I read from a lawyer that sometimes you admit fault at the end because the insurance is going to cover it anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's a way of just like seeing some being sympathetic. So and look, this was a great situation. People that don't know jujitsu, if they saw the move, they'd be like, oh, he was on his back and then jumped over him to pull him over. That's dangerous. And that's crazy. Where people that do jujitsu all the time are like, well, people do do that and you should roll. And actually, generally, every warm up you have where you're rolling over your shoulder and necks for like proper etiquette and th this situation kind of brought me back to that where i was like oh a lot of times like i don't want to warm up and stuff and mm. now i'm like i'm going to be more intentional with forward rolls and like how you're moving your body but yeah there's like a lot of conflict because it was kind of like a it's not a move you typically do but it wasn't anything reckless either yeah it's also not a move i do to someone new and maybe there was like that discrepancy of like, oh, it's not a move you would do to someone that's not trained because if they move the wrong way, they could get hurt. And you might make that argument, except there's been information that this man does have experience and it wasn't his first day class. Exactly. And so this is the other that thing. That changes that's... things, even though I think in a court of law, that's not supposed to be relevant. But I think that is very relevant. If he did wrestle in high school, okay, that's something. If they... You know, like you're signing a release of liability form, like you understand the intent. You've competed in this sport before. You understand its harm. There's he a lot competed, of weird things about this to me. He competed in Pan Ams. Mm -hmm. He was a varsity wrestler, so he was mm -hmm. pretty good. And he was training at another gym, and then he was coming to check this gym out. And mm -hmm. apparently they've even rolled together. So, and was were they rolling in gi or no gi? Gi. Okay, so you could see the belt, but it's interesting because like we call him a white belt, but I feel like somebody like that would beat me like, you know, like a strong wrestler and like that's moving. So like it's not like we always talk about belts don't matter. So I don't know. I think this is like an interesting just overall case study because you have the jurors that have to decide. But jujitsu is still like a niche sport. It's not like they're judging. Oh, it was no gi. I'm sorry. It was no gi. Oh, so if there's no gi, then you don't even know like the yeah. technically like how good they are and i guarantee he could feel like a, a blue belt or a purple belt if they're rolling hard and they're moving so it was a move that was like a solid move and yeah and so whatever it got 46 million a lot of people believe that also the jury was swayed by henner gracie yeah this is where the situation gets even dirtier and grimier because like someone got paralyzed, whether permanently or temporary, whatever. It's still an awful thing. And then you have an instructor that's like, you know, he's been put on trial and pretty hard too. like, I don't know what the rest of his life now looks like with this lawsuit. 
the, the, the business, everything, right? Like who knows what this turns out to look like now. And now you have Henner Gracie who came in for the prosecution. You know, Clark Gracie actually offered to stand for the defense. Mm-hmm. They didn't call upon him, which I found interesting. Another uh, San Diego guy definitely in defense of this. But Henner really put, I feel like Henner's always trying to sell something. So I feel this is bad. And Henner comes in to say that in Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, we do it this way. And this is why Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is not safe. This is why we don't have people spar until they have six months experience with us. This is why, and just goes to show all the ways that this is negligence, even though I would say 95% or more jujitsu gyms train like this yep. because Henner's gym doesn't. He's like, no, this is our way. This is the better way. And like, it's not really about how you do it though, is it? It's a weird thing to me. I mean, you might go like, oh, Henner does it the safest way. It is the best way. Like, I don't know, man, That that's dicey. And the fact that he charged $3,000 an hour and was, I think he got a crazy amount of hours on it too. This man made a lot of money to come in for the prosecution. People are saying he got like $130,000 and basically he sold out the entire jujitsu community for $130,000 mm-hmm. because theoretically- Well, he was billed 42 hours at 3,000 an hour. Okay, yes, yeah, so like around $130,000 a year. So- Every jujitsu gym's liability insurance may increase, yeah. right? Like this might be the type of thing that could affect every single jujitsu gym. And some people feel as though Henner Gracie did it so he could say, oh, well, now if you have like a Henner Gracie certification, right, and it's Gracie jujitsu, then you can get this type of insurance. Like it's all about the business and to make money while hurting the potential growth of sport. And instead of being like, hey, this is a freak accident which happens in surfing, which happens in skiing, which happens in football, which happens in baseball. Like you get hit in the head, like it's like fucked up. Like that's sports, like shit happens. But to then claim negligence, to scare people from participating in it, I think is, I think he hurt his character. And like Tom DeBloss and like a lot of people in the jiu-jitsu community are basically coming out at him being like, how can you say he spiked his head into the ground? Like when the video shows, none of that happened. It was just like fuck this was like fucked up it shouldn't have happened that way yeah it's i think the context of things changes when you know this guy had three or so years of brazilian jiu-jitsu and wrestling before Mm -hmm. the incident right he's from barrett yoshida's gym you know he's not you know he didn't train like henner gracie and then go to that gym and get hurt you know what i mean like he trains how most of us train most of us assume this risk it is a weird it's a weird scenario like do i think he should get compensation yes of course do i think it should be 46 million at the expense of this instructor's negligence i don't agree with that yeah to cover his health and like the basics and things like that and the insurance but yeah not towards the negligence and another I mean, I reason how much he's actually gonna get like how much insurance policy do you think one does sinestro even have personal liability insurance and two what is the business's liability insurance? Because that business is still running today. Yeah, they say for a lot of them, it might be like a million to 10 million, not much. Like, yeah, you know, so I don't understand where this money really comes from. Are they just going to like take it from his wages for the rest of his life? Like, I, I don't understand how that works. They could do stuff like that too. Yeah, but, garnish wages. Like, I, I don't know. Another reason that Henner 
is an ass though for doing this because he was saying it's negligence and how they do it differently in Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in the Jiu Jitsu community dislike Henner because he started doing online classes and people could get their blue belts online. Yeah. And technically, those people may have no real experience rolling and they're more likely to hurt their necks. And like, and if he got in trouble for this, like, he would be begging the Jiu Jitsu community to probably have his back or, you know what I mean? And say, this is a freak accident. And so I just feel I like the know. way Henner did it is almost as a means of like, he almost like used this scenario to like sell his gym. Like that's exactly what he Jiu-Jitsu did. It's, and like, oh gosh, man, I don't know. It's weird. Henner's always trying to sell. That's like, his kind of his fault. I heard, like, aren't there rumors that like other people in the family have like told him like, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, like don't do shit like this. Like, I don't I'm know. Sure. I've heard like like about that with the blue belt stuff and i think maybe they slowed that down or they stopped it but i feel like i don't know the everything i'm reading in the comments and just what people are talking about it seems as though people are talking to him and somebody should talk to him and be like hey like i don't know if this is good maybe people will forget i don't know news travels fast but yeah i don't know i was talking to my instructor kev who we've had on the podcast before like do you think sinestro is still working do you think like it'll be easy for him to coach again. And right away, Kev's like, you can come here. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I'll put it out there in the public. Kev Sinestro, if you ever hear this, you're always welcome at 10th Planet Poway. Yeah, like, I don't know. Is there anybody that's coming out in defense of Henry Gracie? I don't know. Not really. It doesn't seem that way. Tom DeBlas, some other people. Tom DeBlas had a pretty long post about it. And he had a video message. He texted him directly. And was like, that was wrong. Like kind of what you did. He didn't spike him in the head. This was a tragic accident. Like mm-hmm. nobody's shitting on the guy that got hurt. Like you make mistakes, like you're rolling. It's split second. Yeah. And it just gives me like a new admiration of jujitsu. Like I texted you that morning. I was like, yo, I'm kind of freaking out. Like I had like a little anxiety attack. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, there's definitely a couple times I was like, oh, I should have fucked my neck up with that. Right. With like somebody 250 pounds, like falling on me. And I was like, I did the wrong move. Like, oh, and I just kept replaying them. So I was like, I have to go to the gym because I'm going to keep thinking about this if I don't. And I was super intentional that day. Like yeah. I wasn't aggressive, like I was smart and like, so anxious you. <laughs> it was one of my best jujitsu days, but I was like, yeah, I have to be more intentional with the roles and everything that we do. So other people spoke out about this. Dan Lukehart is a prominent instructor and academy owner. He spoke out against Henner and all this. Kit Dale is another instructor mm-hmm. owner. He spoke out against Henner and this. Even a former guest, Brandon Guptill, he made it a point to message me and be like, dude, this is a freak accident. It's not like that. Yeah, it's it sucks. It sucks because like in defense of Sinestro, you feel bad because someone did get really hurt. So you don't want to like minimize that either you know what i mean like you yeah. stick up for the jiu-jitsu community and sinestro like oh he did nothing wrong did nothing wrong did nothing wrong well i mean we shouldn't get that hurt either like i know it could be a freak accident it just yeah insurance should cover this guy for his losses there's so many factors too but like it shouldn't ruin sinestro's life yeah was it a training class was it a competition class like mm-hmm. you know like what were they working on mm-hmm. is it a move that they've done before and then how much different would this have been if it was 
his arm broke or like his collarbone. You know what I mean? Like what would happen if you were just going for a takedown and he planted his arm instead of falling and he broke his like arm in multiple ways? Like would it have been just as big? Like would have would it have been gross negligence or people like, well, that just happens? I don't know. You know, I was offered a job in Ecuador to, to like teach jujitsu like years ago and it was to replace Sinestro. Really? Sinestro was the instructor and he was a purple belt. He moved to the States and they were just looking for people in the States. Like, are you willing to move to teach jujitsu at this school? And I considered it. Yeah, that sounds like a good life. In the end, I decided against it, but it's such a small world. Like it just goes to show you. I'm like, so when Sinestro's name came up, I'm like, oh shit, I know of this guy. Wild. (laughs) I think this is also a lesson for people too. Like Henner Gracie is always selling. And like, yeah, yeah, there's like something to like hustling and like, yeah, having a career, making money. But this is going to be an example, like the jujitsu, nobody outside of the jujitsu community cares about this or knows about this. But I feel like, and even a lot of people in the jujitsu community don't know about it, but the people that do, I feel like care passionately about it. Yeah. I I brought it up to people that don't train and they're always like, oh my God. Really? It's a huge deal. Yeah. Someone got paralyzed in this $46 million lawsuit. Yeah. I haven't heard that many people in my gym talk about it, but yeah, maybe because it's happened out there. Yeah. You're like in that world. Yeah, that's true. But but still, I think it's going to hurt his bottom line in the future. Like he made $130,000. Like I think he was seeing this like big payday with Gracie. Yeah, maybe. Now people are like, I don't really respect you that much. Yeah. I wonder if like, I'm just going to go to one of the many other gyms that exist. Oh, we had McDojo on, Rob from McDojo Life on a couple of weeks ago, and his initial video was pretty scathing on the situation too. Like he was blaming Sinestro pretty hard. But I don't think he saw the video or did he see the video and then- See, that's the thing is I don't think he saw the video either, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know, you condemn a guy pretty hard. It is, it's tough to just like, oh, okay. I mean, I haven't seen anything yet. Maybe Rob is like, oh yeah, I was wrong on the situation. I looked at it. Or maybe he just genuinely does feel that, you know what, that is negligence that should not be happening in any training. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's possible, yeah. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he was on our pod. and Absolutely. And he seems like a very sound, thoughtful guy. Yeah. And also- has great intentions. His life is focused on finding the negligence. So he's always yes. looking at negligence, negligence, negligence. So in his head right away, he's going to assume, oh, this is another negligence. Somebody sent right. it to me. You know, you so could maybe, argue if the instructor admitted to negligence and the court deemed it so, then maybe it legit really was. It's like, look, if I hurt your neck, if I did something terrible to you. I mean, you can't already, hurt my neck, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell Amanda, I was like, you can't hurt me. But yeah, exactly. If I did something too bad to you, like. There's a great feeling. I could be like, oh, I feel so bad. Like I mm-hmm. shouldn't have done that. But also like deep, deep down, I know I it was an accident. It's like a car accident. Like, yeah. Yeah. So been- they said like Sinestro's texts to this student, which I found interesting too. Like you had his number to text him, but apparently his texts were an admission of guilt too. He's like kept apologizing for it and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, that's it, it's, it's a weird situation. But that's etiquette. Like I, I hurt 100%. my foot doing judo and it was not my training partner's fault at all. And he kept being like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Cause we were sparring at that time. Like, you know, Dude. it's just more yeah. being not kind. Honestly, after seeing that, I would say I'm sorry in person. I'm never going to write it now though. 
That's what's fucked up, though. See, all Isn't this it? type of stuff hurts the culture. Like when yep. you make everything legal, you make everything about money. Like that's why fuck Henry Gracie. Like you need money matters. Capitalism is great. But also it's like, at what point are you selling your soul? Like, just like be happy with what you have. Like, yeah, the fuck you need 130 grand to shit on other jujitsu to hopefully make other money in the future. Like, I'm glad he's getting shit on. A little yeah. Bit. Well, I mean, in his defense, maybe he thought he was. So in his defense, I'm sure Henner would say something along the lines of like, I'm sticking up for the guy that got hurt. Like, I'm sticking up for the little guy that needs it. I know, but it would just sound phony. And also when you sell things all the time, you lower your credibility a little. And yes. this is what I mean, like where I'm telling people, eventually you're going to sell your soul. Like you can't just always do it. You got to have some balance. Like everlasting growth is just cancerous. Yeah. And it's natural to not trust somebody that sells something all the time. Like you're like, yo, stop selling me. Yeah. So even Tom DeBlas is like, I'm going to speak to my lawyers. I'm going to speak to my students. I don't know if going forward, I'm going to allow drop-ins. Yeah. And you're like, dang. And like, does this have a ripple effect? Is everyone's insurance going to go up? Is it like, you may, it makes you wonder what's going to happen. Now, I don't know how this gym is going to deal with that. Like, are they going to claim bankruptcy? Are they going to go under? Where do those students go? What about students that were around in that class? Like, what are they doing now? It'll be interesting to see because those students will now probably go to other surrounding gyms. So I'm very interested to see what I hear over the coming three to six months from people since I'm closer to this. Yeah. And a few other things based on what you said, ripple effects. What mm -hmm. would have happened if this was just two people rolling and not the instructor? So is the like, is it just that if you are rolling with somebody and you accidentally injure them, now you're automatically liable? How many people will then just stop rolling? It depends. So if I know when I instruct, if there is someone who has never done jujitsu, we do all the drilling. I usually explain to them all the positions. And then when it comes time to roll, I choose the person they're going to roll with and only give them the most simple situation. You're going to be in this position, which, you know, will be a classic safe position. You're going to get out by trying to do A or B. And that's it. If you succeed with A or B, it's done. You reset from that position. And just go top and bottom switching. That's it. That's all you do is just focus on how to do this or that and nothing else. That way there's no intangibles I have to worry about as you as a beginner. And I'm pairing you up with someone that knows what they're doing. Okay, That's but how we also I handle beginners. And that's how I handle them until I feel pretty confident they can handle a little more, a little more, a little more. I usually don't but have- this guy's not a beginner. But this guy's not a beginner. Correct. This guy's not even a beginner. That's what I'm but saying. Like, so that's the only scenario where I can see. So that's why when the information came out and they're like, oh, he was a beginner. He was a trial class student. Trial class. Like maybe it was a trial because he's new to that gym, but he's not new to jujitsu. And that's yeah, a different thing. Exactly. So you can't avoid this. What I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of regular people that are paranoid types that might be like, I don't want to roll with certain people because they might get hurt and they're going to sue me. And I know 100% there's people at my CrossFit gym that are like, oh, I th thought about jujitsu before. I guarantee you they're not going to do it now. Yes, exactly. Like they were already on the fence and like, all right, they're off. Yeah. 100% off. And I'm always trying to convert people too. It's a shame. I know. It's, it's going to scare a lot of people off. Yeah, and I can't tell people. I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's not going to happen to you. I'm like, it is unbelievably 
rare that something like that would happen to you. But I can't say that that can't happen to you just for the liability purpose. I mean, that's what we like about life, right? A little bit of danger. Every sport, yeah. surfing is dangerous. You could get eaten by a fucking shark. Like, you know, that's what this man was trying to do, Jack Greener, the 23-year-old who got hurt. He was trying to be a surf instructor in Costa Rica. Okay. That was his plan. And so when his payout was itemized as what he will earn over the course of his life, that he can't do that now as a surf instructor in Costa Rica, that was good. Mm. And so maybe he is healed. He's walking and hiking and yeah, he can't surf. So I understand that point where like, okay, yeah, maybe, I guess. But is that the only field of work that he can do? It's a very weird situation. And I don't really want to come down on this guy because this guy got hurt in an awful way. It sucks. No, the real loser of this whole situation has become Hunter Gracie. I think everybody I think so. feels, everybody feels for that guy. They don't begrudge him really much. People listen to Hunter too, especially I would imagine like a jury and stuff because he does... He has like that professional vibe. He's very into it. I mean, his family's been in it forever. So like he can come off as a guy that knows how to talk pretty well. But the problem is if you meet Henner for more than two minutes, you know, he's trying to sell you. Yeah, that's what everybody says. Mm -hmm. And it just comes off phony. You can't be phony. You got to be sincere. You got to figure out how to be authentic. Yeah. I'm glad he's getting punished for this, but it sucks that, yeah, other people may be scared away. Or maybe nobody will care. I don't know. Maybe it's just a special breed of people that come anyway. How many, what do they say? It's like out of like a hundred people that say, hey, like I thought about it, like 10 will come and out of the 10. I'll tell you right now, anyone that trains jiu-jitsu right now, not a single one will quit because of this. Yeah, right. I don't think uh, there's a single person in the world that's been training for three months or more that would quit because of this. I mean, people quit once they get blue belts and quit for other reasons. You don't yeah, think they'll quit for other reasons, 100%. But I don't think that this is like, oh, maybe I should stop doing this. I don't think anyone's going to say that about this. I hope you're right. Yeah. I hope you're right. I can see that because, yeah, this uh, girl actually came up to me in class and it was her first time she came to my class. Like, I don't know if I should totally be sharing this or whatever. I, th I think it's like uh, interesting. And I was like, you missed Wait, the is whole- it personal? Like semi-personal, but it's like related okay, to you're not naming this person. So I think it's okay. Yeah. Analogy. So it's halfway through the semester. They've never come to the class, like, you know, and they said they had a big issue with like a roommate that was threatening them, like their oh, life. Okay. You know? And like filming stuff, bullying them. And she was like, the school just does like half, like, oh, well, you can't be near them. They can't be near you. Right. And so it's like, even if you are near them, you get in trouble too. If they're following you. Right. It's like, and in my head, I was like, it's horrible. And then they said, maybe they attacked them once or something, but it didn't lead to anything. And I was like, yeah, what happens if you just fucking knock them out? <laughs> you know? And they were like, uh -huh. they were like, no, no, I'll get in trouble. They said, you can't fight back. And in my head, I'm like, what? Like, I would never in my life, like, I'm like mostly peaceful. You know what I mean? Like, I'm what a lot of people call like a liberal type person, you know? And I'm like, how are you not going to defend yourself? Like, how the fuck people up? Like, people think fighting is like the maximum thing. Like, no, it's not. It's like level two, right? Yeah. Like level you know two. what? Let's get into this a little bit because this is the thing that probably annoys me most about the world and people in general is they're so adverse to any shape of violence. Even Instagram, we were talking about this before the podcast. We'll just put it out on air. We've been like shadow banned. We've had posts deleted, demonetized. We've had all of this 
from posting very mild things, right? We've gotten strikes for, you know, Kanye West holding up a sign that said Whitaker rounds one, two, and five. What? <laughs> right? Then it's we got a strike because Dan Hooker used the word cunt in his tweet and we reshared that as a story and because it was hate speech because it was the word cunt. And you're like, okay, we've been demonetized for posting fight videos, whether it's a high school, if it's not in a ring, if it's not in a cage, if it's not legal sport, we cannot post it. All right. So we come across all these crazy fight videos that might happen. And I get it. If there's like, you know, a stabbing and his gore, it's not appropriate for a child to watch. If there is just a baseball player punching another baseball player in the face because of something that happened on the field, that's demonetized. It's a wild world we live in where like you can't show any harm to anyone, right? Are we one step away from like, I mean, we see it all the time. A football player gets injured on the field, commercial break. You're not even allowed to see the injury. You're like, are we that? I get it. If you don't want to see it, don't look. And yeah, you don't have to like, you know, make it a spectacle and zoom in on a guy either. I just, it's very weird how averse to violence and accidents we are getting. And that's what I'm saying. This person was fearful. They were like crying to me. And Mm -hmm. it just so happened. Like one of my other, one of the people I do, one of the people I do jujitsu with is in my, I I teach them. They're Mm -hmm. in my college class too. Yeah. So. So they were there and they always wait till the end. So it was just us three. And I didn't know if like I feel like a cult member or not, but I was just like, regardless of what anybody says, you have to be able to defend yourself. And I was like, regardless, you just seem scared of the world right now. So you should come to our gym. Right. And I was like, you got to come eight times. I was like, you missed eight classes. So you got to do eight classes at that gym to make it up. And there's a part of me that was like, dang, that could really change the that could really change everything. I really think that. I think so too, because they were just terrified. And it was like, yes. don't be terrified. Just come. Like, it, most people don't know how to fight. Like, fuck this person up. And, and, and then look, I don't know if violence solves everything, but regardless of what they do, if they ever do anything to this person, taking those eight classes will definitely, it can definitely have an effect on how they feel about being safe. Exactly. That's what I want. Like, I want yep. them to walk up their shoulders a little higher and a little bit more confidence because they were like, well, what happens if they still fuck me up? I'm like, well, if you don't train, they're still going to fuck you up anyway. And you'll be yeah, more scared. You're At least you'll be better prepared. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe you scare them off. That's part of fighting like in nature. Right. It's not like the biggest lion like beats the second biggest lion. It's like, no, like they beat the weakest lion. So if, if yeah. you're just good enough to be tough and scared, they're like, yo, this isn't worth it. You know, like I'll yeah, just go. To I mean, if you can easy. fight someone to a draw, like if they can't finish you, it's like they don't want to keep going. Yeah, and it's not even to a draw. It's just it's going to be a fight, and they're like, I don't even want to be. Part yeah, of a you fight. could just outlast someone. Yeah, it's a, yeah, fighting is a weird thing, but like, gosh, I really think our how we treat violence is, is not right. There's lines for sure, but I don't think you draw that line at any violence is bad. Yeah, how dare the school say like I could say like, hey, don't fight. But like they, they have to, though, for liability reasons, they have to say that they can't green light this person into violence on their property and then potentially the, be held liable because they did that. That's why the law is annoying. But also, I'm not. But also that. phrase it saying, in a way that you don't tell this person that they can't do anything. But they're not thinking the way you're thinking and, and saying right now. They're just thinking like you can't do this. They're just some. Yeah. 
gray administration that has to do the thing and say that thing. Correct. But yeah, still, they're protecting themselves and not protecting you. But if that's my job, I would never tell somebody that. I would still be like, look, don't fight them. But if they hit you, fuck them up. Like, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, look, or just maybe ask we the can't. questions that they arrive at their own answers. I don't know. You know it's what just... I mean? Like, it's very simple to like get out of it. Like, I didn't tell them anything. I asked them, what would you, how would you respond? Like, how do you think you should respond in a situation where someone's intending to harm you? They said, let them hit you. <sighs> like, like, let them do it and like walk away or like try to get it. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that is the worst piece yeah, of advice. How do you think the rest of your life goes if you make that decision? Oh, God, that's what I'm saying. So I hope they come to the gym. I'm going to make them come eight times. Only problem is it is somewhat expensive. Like I realized that I was like, look, it's not LA fitness, you know, where it's like yeah. $20 a month. But if you're going to spend money on anything, I feel like this is a good thing to spend money on where you walk around more confident for the rest of your life a little bit. Like, you know, you do two years of any martial arts sincerely hard. You will walk the rest of your life a little bit more confident, at least 5% more confident. Yeah. And there's no price on that. I agree. Like, I don't know. I'm a good teacher, but I feel like jujitsu and shit made me a better teacher. One, seeing how other people learn again in doing mm -hmm. something, but two, just feeling confident that I'm like strong. I don't know. You know what I mean? Or I feel like, yeah, I can move around. Like just, it just makes you feel better. But yeah. yeah the more confident you are in yourself physically also manifests mentally. And then because of those things, I feel like you have more leadership value and qualities. And so people can depend on you because of your confidence, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm strong. I'm saying I'm stronger now because I've done this stuff than I would have yes. been if I never did it. So yes. I would have been worse. And so I'm a better version of myself. Yeah. It's your own personal growth that gives you that your own confidence to now. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Exactly. Because sometimes it does come off. I saw in like one of the jujitsu forums, they were like, Yo, why are we always like shitting on jujitsu, like self-deprecating? Mm -hmm. And then one of the people gave an interesting answer. They're like, look, because if you do train hard after two years, you could fuck people up. And it is a little bit arrogant to know that about yourself. So maybe yeah. we're just deprecating to make it just to not come off as douchebags. So we overcompensate. Yeah. And I thought that was like kind of a good way of like looking at it, too. Like it is still. Like, you know, like it's a little bit of both, like martial arts changes you, but also you should just be a better, decent person anyway. Yeah. I don't know, but I hope they come. I really hope they don't no show. Yeah. I, I hope so too. Hearing that, that sucks. And yeah, dang, I, I do think that that could have a positive impact on someone's life. I think anyone dealing with any type of anxiety or depression would get cured just by going to any gym, not cured but at least yeah. alleviated immensely, I would say, by going to any gym. And a jiu-jitsu gym, I feel like, is peak for that depression. Because in a regular gym, you might have to motivate yourself. Maybe you're going to group classes. Maybe you've got a good support group. Maybe. But in jiu-jitsu, you're guaranteed to have all of that. And you're learning a skill that translates way more to other things while still getting the benefits that are often found in just going to a regular gym. So much health and fitness benefits. I, I told him, I was like, you're going to lose yes. two pounds a day. I was like, I was like, you'll get it back in water, but you will lose yes. like two pounds a day and it'll suck for six months. And then somebody new will come and then you'll beat them and you'll be like, oh my God. And then you'll be like, all right, I got to keep coming. And then 
your life will change. Yeah. Are you guaranteed to look like a Spartan doing that? No. But it's, yeah, it's a different realm of what that confidence and your knowledge and that support group is. Yeah. And what you said, support yeah, we talk about it all the time, like that, that bonding through that fighting is crazy strong. Yeah. You posted the meme of basketball players when they push each other, they get like so pissy and pussy and like, they'll like not talk to each other. They'll sit on other sides of the bench and then in wrestling or jujitsu, like you're fighting and choking each other. And then you're like, Oh, I like you. You're like best friends kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I got a concussion from a guy and I'm like, I saw his car got into an accident. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. You know, like, and you're like, you feel for him. He's like, anything I could do to help you? And you're like, it's such a weird world that we live in where that, 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 that bond is strong. I think all sports do that. And that's why people need to do sports, but a lot of sure. people do not. But this kind of forces you, like you said, you learn a skill. Like, cause you know, I'm sure if you joined the kickball league, like that'd be nice too. But it's like one day a week and like, you know, it's just not as intense and you're not going to get yeah. the workout. Like you'll get you get all of those things a little bit. Right. You get the community, you get some outdoor time, you get some physical. But this is just like amped up a little bit more and is more like you won't need kickball in life. But like you could come across somebody crazy that you need to fight off, you know, like God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it works. I just wonder. I don't know. I'm like, I don't really care. I can't. I love geography and I care about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if somebody missed like 15 classes, if I'd be like, all right, fine. But you got to go to like a year of jujitsu. Like, you know, like <laughs> you got to do that to make up for that. And so really, I'm just. Oh, uh, that's really funny. A second. I'm just a conduit for trying to get people yeah. to <laughs> do jujitsu and fight. That's funny. Yeah. Because we posted that video, too, on our Instagram of that substitute that he didn't yes. fight. Back. There was a kid that was like standing up around him this white kid kept saying the n-word to this guy now this sub like looked like a little bit like he had like a couple masks on some gloves like somebody like the type of person that maybe you'd make fun of a little bit but like also there's a difference between making fun of a teacher not listening to him and then threatening violence on him and so he the kid pushed and the kid was probably like i don't know eighth ninth grade tenth grade like skinny kid shoves the teacher the teacher kind of like throws this binder at him and then the kid punches the teacher four or five times in the face then the teacher just with his grown man strength kind of pushes the kid against the desk puts his arm behind his back almost got like a headlock and then the kid kind of felt his strength and then backed up the substitute got fired and the kid got uh i don't know suspended or nothing like you know like nothing big Mm -hmm. but everyone was like yo that guy's got to take some jujitsu classes and Somebody should have fucked that kid up. And then everyone's yeah, so the like, comments on our post were all in defense of the teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of which, going back to the last thing, when you wanted to post it, I was like, oh, Instagram will demonetize this for sure. And maybe even delete it and take it down. Because again, there's just the littlest bit of violence and it's not in a ring. So I'm like, oh, I'm already like cynical about it. But the comments and the, and the fighting community in general was pretty much in agreement with us on that like no this should not be tolerated a student should not just be immune to repercussions especially when they deal with like inciting violence on an adult there's definitely a line i think i think rob from mcdojo life had it right like based on their size like i don't know where you draw that line on size but this kid seemed like he was a significant size to the teacher I mean, the kid was at least like, what, 130 pounds or something like that. So he wasn't. The teacher wasn't big. 
but it hurts. A 130 pound person punching it. Right. A little toddler could punch you in the face and you're not paying attention and you're like, yo, what the fuck? Like that's right. So you do draw a line there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is like where we draw the line becomes very interesting. I don't think because you're under 18 and you're a student, you should be immune. No, you I, should be able to I mean, smack you see some of these students today, they're weighing like 240. Fuck yeah. And they're they're stupid too. So they get left back a couple of years. So you can't say a seventh grader. They might be like a fucking ninth, tenth grader. Yeah, you it's know? a weird thing. Like, what do you start doing? Like that, that's what's that's what's problematic about the law and like any aversion to violence. Cause like, what do you do? Oh, if they're within 20 pounds of your body weight, are you allowed to defend yourself? It's a weird thing. Dude, I am knocking, I'm fucking that kid up. Definitely. hundred percent. I feel like if you sit down, fine, maybe you diffuse the situation of violence. You lose the respect of the class. And regardless of what people say, we still are kind of like fucking animals. And if you have two animals that go up and one of the animals that's the one in charge sits down and goes, hey, I don't want to fight. A little bit of everybody goes, oh, that's something. And it could come back to haunt you yeah. a little bit. No, but it does. It 100% does. I agree with that completely. And you have to I stand don't know. Your yeah, for me personally, that wouldn't be worth my job. Yeah. Like I would I say, know. like, I would defend myself. I would, I would subdue this student even at the cost of my own job. I got in trouble for verbal abuse as a substitute. Yeah. But the kid verbally abused me. And they're like, no, but you shouldn't go back. I'm like, so you want me to look like a bit like, how can I see the class? You know what I mean? And if that kid physically abused me, like I am beating the shit out of that kid. And I feel like that's a lesson to learn. And I want to talk to the father and be like, yo, this is why I beat the shit out of your kid. And if he wants it, then he should also get it too. Like no <laughs> lawyers and anything like, fine, you could be bigger than me. You could be smaller. I have no idea. You want to fuck me up because I fucked up your kid. You know what? Maybe that's your prerogative as well. Mm -hmm. But then like, let's do that. Like, no, like I'm going to tell the lawyer, like, no, you're a bitch. And this is why your kid's a bitch. When what I just did was perfectly respectable. And in a world with like so much, like, I don't know, political bias and stuff, I think one people, one thing a lot of people agree with is like, some of these kids are shitty today, you know, mm -hmm. but they draw the line at no, but absolutely no violence versus some violence. And I respect our audience a little bit. That's like, no, my kid did that. They deserve to be punished. There has to be some consequences. Yeah, like I'll, I'll go out and say it. I think there's an appropriate amount of violence. I don't think that any violence is evil. Yeah, exactly. Appropriate. Yeah. And I think the and people that think any violence is evil are also the same people that are quick to call the cops or quick to depend on their military or whatever, just outsource their violence. Outsource. I think, yeah. I think everyone is a hypocrite that becomes like a pacifist, unless you're a monk. Yeah. But even monks, those were the ones that started the I know they trained martial arts the whole time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like you have to be that that like level, a true Zen Buddhist, like just out there. Yeah. Ain't many. But yeah, I put in I put in the comments. I tell my students at the beginning of semester, like, yo, I train here. Like you want to spar me? Like you could spar me. Like, like from the beginning, like because I want them to come and know me, but nope. Only a few have come. And I and those students that have, I have to say, like, I love those people. That yeah, forever mom. bond. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'm like forever. And I know they'll forever remember me. Like we were just wrestling and the guy was like, yep. yo, that's because I know tell them, I'm like, yo, there might be stuff about me you don't like. Like, this is a good opportunity. Like, you know, like I respect honestly, I respect every single person that's ever stepped on the mat with me for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a love. So, yeah, we started today's talk with like all the legal stuff and like Henner doing it for money, but 
you know, I think as this conversation's gone on, I don't really think it's going to hurt the sport. Like you said, I feel like everybody that's doing it, I think it's going to hurt it a little, but it's just like a little, like, like a shitty family. Yeah. It hurts it from people that are already on the outside and they see that headline. Yeah. And it just hurts. Like, it's like a family squabble. It's like, oh, why'd you do that? Like, you know, you could be chill, like, and you did that. But that's the problem. It might potentially stunt the growth a little bit. I mean, I don't think it'll be significant, but there's still a certain amount of people and X amount of people that probably will look at it and be like, sounds too dangerous. Don't want to get hurt. I mean, there are a lot of those people that use that line, you know, off the get go. Yeah. But I think there'll be more now. And maybe it's good though, because we spoke, uh, we've spoken before about how when it grows too fast, they make it too much of a sport and not a martial art and like self-defense. So maybe it'll go back a little bit to that. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe the types of people that are going, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, I think this is good. I'm going to keep updates on this person. Let you know if they actually come, see how it helps them. But I feel like this- Yeah, I'm I'm invested. I'm I'm curious. Like a zero to nothing, like to like, let's see where they end up. You know, like maybe- It'd be amazing. It does change their life a little bit. Yeah, when I find out someone trains or when I meet someone, because I meet people in my gym and my line of work all the time. And if it comes up, there's been several instances where at my gym- I find out actually probably three in the last three months. I found out, wait, you train jujitsu also? No one has co- told you to come my way. No one has talked to you, to me about this. Like, did you not know I trained this or something? I, I always find it like, oh, I have an instant bond with you. I already know a little bit about you and I just met you. That's awesome. You know, like, you know that there's a level that they can go to with intensity already just from knowing, oh, you're a blue belt in jujitsu? One woman I just met recently, she's a purple belt. Oh, shit. Okay. And right away, like, yo, I got to train with you. A guy that I used to train with, I found that he competed as a white belt in a tournament the other week. I'm like, you train? You didn't say anything to me? I'm almost offended. (laughs) Yeah, it would be if I was (laughs) You should make an announcement to me, dude. You train? I was at a lecture and nobody was there. It was like some venture capitalist, not a lecture, it was like a fireside chat or something at the College of Staten Tech Incubator. So I do some more rent stuff. So I wanted to just go and he came early and there's like nobody there. So we were just kind of talking. There's like a few people there. And I guess jujitsu came up, right? Because we always talk, like, uh-huh. I always talk about fighting or something. But I know his tone changed because so, so many venture capitalists have this natural arrogance about them. And that's going to come because everybody's asking you for money and you have money. So you're just naturally a little bit arrogant. And, and he just, this guy was a cool dude though. Like he was also like a college football captain, like smart, you know, like he had a lot going for him. But uh, when I told him I do jujitsu, he's like, oh, I trained my Thai and I've done some jujitsu and I want to start doing some jujitsu. You know, and we started just talking about that. Right like, on. Do you know any good gyms here? And I just saw his like level change. And that's one thing I'll always love about this because if I was talking to him as a startup founder and he's a VC, the dynamic is so different. Then right now I'm talking to him as, oh, we both spar a little, you know, and I'm doing it. It became so much more equal. And I love that because so much of now everything is about like money and followers and, you know, and it's like, this is like, and especially the tech and venture capital world. So yeah, we just need more people in here. Hopefully they say all public, all publicity is good publicity. So maybe even as negative as this was, maybe people hear about it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. All right. How's your own training going? 
yeah, good. I feel really good. I hurt my foot like a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I didn't hurt it enough to stop training, but I hurt it enough to stop warming up. So I didn't run around. The gym <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. There's certain movements. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. It was my foot. So whatever. But because it was my foot, I didn't do a lot of explosive stuff. I didn't wrestle. I was just starting on bottom a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was being a lot more just focused on my technique and not using any like less athleticism. Yeah. And I feel like in the long run, that helped my game. Like, I feel good. Like, I feel like I was moving really well. And I feel I mean, like once see, I put it on the foot. I'm sure you've probably heard this before, but they say like injuries, you start to work around. And because you work around it, you're basically just opening up a new part of your game like things exactly. that you wouldn't have normally done without it. And so like you develop in a different area and then your overall game has improved because it forced you into that. Exactly. And it makes me think I leveled up a little bit in jujitsu because yeah, three, four years ago, I would have been like, oh, I hurt my foot. I'm going to take a few weeks off. And I would have enjoyed the few weeks off where now I'm like, no, that's me being late. like, I want to go to the gym. So like, I don't have that fear. It's not like a, it's not a treat to not go to the gym, which is what it used to be. Where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm missing school, like cool. Now it's like, no, I, I wanna go and I can work around. Like, so yeah, I feel I feel like my game is improving and I feel healthy, like I said. Like, I think I'm also, after like this paralysis thing, like I'm realizing like, yo, I'm never gonna be some fucking sick competitor, but I wanna be like, just good competition in the gym. And I wanna be strong and anybody outside the gym, I wanna try to be able to fuck up. Like if I needed to in a real life situation. And that's always been like my... Craig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm in a better mindset. I feel good about my mindset currently. If you happen sure. to tour the country this this year, we'll make it happen. Yeah, I'll see Greg. I'm working more on some stand-up stuff too. And I'll get back to wrestling once my foot feels better. But I'm just feeling more confident about everything in like a little bit combat like some judo stuff just having fun doing a little bit of everything and yeah craig is the wrestling champion of level up his promotion so i don't know if you beat him maybe you could take his belt there too oh that would be sick really you'd be the level up champion dude (laughs) how is craig's game been because i did see you guys training i was like oh craig looks kind of big he looks pretty strong yeah craig craig has always been a strong dude for sure but he looked bigger, strong, and he is getting He's better. Something more wrestler-like. He is. I mean, he he literally uses his pro wrestling, which ends up becoming like wrestling. So yeah, he's he's developing for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm gonna see Craig definitely. Is it just are we gonna do a real fight or a grappling match? I think is gonna be whatever thing. you guys want to do. I think you yeah. guys were gonna do MMA. I think he's still down for that. I don't think he yeah. cares. I- Maybe we could do boxing, wrestling, and then MMA. We'll do one we of those. We could do a mixed uh, rules match. That would be fun. Yeah, one FC. That'd be fun too, to do. We'll make it happen. Yeah, I haven't been in a fight like a real fight. Like I like sparring, but I haven't been in like a real MMA fight where I feel like if I. I mean, you shouldn't unless you're competing. Yeah, exactly. Well, no. If I went against Craig, then it'd be a competition. But I like yeah. Craig too. So, so it'd be of like course. A... I mean, it would be glorified sparring. Oh, glorified sparring. Yeah, definitely. Of course. I'll do that every day. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. And I guarantee... Yeah, still that, make that POF card for sure. Yeah. How do you feel about your training? Do you feel different now that you're brown belt? A little. I, mean, I don't know. I had one day where I felt like it was in the matrix and I felt like 10 moves ahead of every single one I touched, advance and all. And then two days later, I felt like I was getting smashed. So like, I don't know. It I do feel as a brown belt, though, like you start noticing like there aren't many of you 
So like any class you go to, okay, like maybe there's another brown belt there and then there's a black belt. Maybe there's another black belt. But like all of a sudden it's like, it seems like it changes from student to peer a little bit more. Like, oh, my next step is black belt. Yeah. And so like it becomes different. Even like when you're rolling with black belts, I don't know if it's not like the color of it matters, like your skill, maybe just your own confidence in your skill changes with any belt promotion. I don't know. But it definitely feels different now. Like I felt that, like it's almost like there's more respect on the mat. Brown felt like, I don't know, or at least it feels like that now. Where it's like people are really coming to you to learn. I mean, they're coming for you to like, you know, bullseye on your back. You're a brown belt. Like, oh, getting a tap on you would make their whole fucking year. But I don't know. It just seems like even with other black belts, there's a way more respect on that. They're asking you what you would do in your this scenario. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think like you said, it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. It's like one of those things that's like a little bit of both because yeah. you've always been a teacher and people have always respected you. But now they're also giving you like that official respect. And yeah, it'll be like, I do it like this, but it'll be like, oh, Arturo does this move from here. This is really good. He can show you that. Or it'll be like, or like we'll roll and they're like, oh, what would you do in this scenario? Like, like they're looking to learn something from you and you're like, oh, this is different. Yeah. 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 There's probably less brown belts than black belts, right? Or no. At my gym. Does it work that way? Like on the mats? Like I feel like I always... I do feel like that is the case when you go yeah. to most gyms because most of the black belts are kind of like employees. So like they're already there where the brown belts <laughs> aren't. So I do think that a little bit. But in our gym, we have like three or four black belts. Brown belts, we have, as far as I know, like five. Okay. I think one of them is leaving to New York soon. He's actually moving to teach in Harlem, I believe. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So brown belt CJ, he's good. Yeah, one, two, three. I feel like everybody's good now. Yeah, I think we have five brown belts, maybe six. I've been I've been going against his white belt, and that's the thing. This is why I hate belts because he's not he shouldn't be a white belt. Like in some ways, because he's a wrestler and he's like 195 pounds, and he like wrestled in some college, and he works like doing construction, like lifting up like 60 pound things. He said like a hundred times a day. And he's just <laughs> fucking jacked like you know and i'm like oh my god like i just oh, feel yeah. like there's, there's tons there. of guys i roll with there's white belts i roll with where i'm like oh wow i can't believe you're a white then there's blue belts i roll with where i'm like i can't believe you're not a purple and then conversely there's other things too where like there's blue belts i roll with and i'm like oh, i wouldn't have guessed you're a blue like i think the way things match up style wise you can't mm -hmm. always get everyone on their best day I think, you know, those things are weird, but there's definitely some blue belts that I roll with that I'm telling you are like some of my best roles. Like there, there's a couple of blue belts I'm thinking about if they're even listening to this and they're better roles than any purple belt I roll with. That's sick. Yeah. Plus they're young and new. So yeah, there's this kid I was playing with and I did what you did, what you taught me. Cause he's like 16 and he's like a wrestler, but uh, I just kept taking his back and you said once you get a move, just keep hitting that move until they learn how to stop it. So I just like yeah. have taken Zach, but I'm excited to see like in three years, he'll probably just fuck me up. But like right now, like, you know, like I'm he's like a young Bambi. So like seeing them, but if he's doing wrestling and this, and I think his father trains, like then it's like, oh, he's going to grow through this growth spurt soon in the next yeah. three, four years. Providing they stick with it. That's the other thing about jujitsu. It's not yeah, consistency. Yeah. Like even these blue belts and I'm like, man, these guys are 
good purple belts, or at least I think they should be. So even though I think they might be like purples and stuff, and like they're going to be, you know, beast black belts are going to pass me in a few years, are they still going to be training in a few years? Weird things happen. Injuries happen. Blue belts yeah. quit. It's the most common belt. So like you just don't know. Blue belt booze. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I often think about like the length of time I've trained. I'm like, oh yeah, most people don't train that long. Like, are they going to make it to that point? So like, I think about that. I'm like, when's the, like, obviously if they keep training, they're going to beat the fuck out of me at some point. The tipping point is soon, but will they even make that tipping point? You never know. Yeah. I don't like thinking about how long I've trained because I feel like I should be better. I'm like, fuck, I've trained that long. I'm like, yeah, of course. There's there's nothing to say. Like, it doesn't matter in the end. And like, of course, I can keep getting better too. Like, yeah. But yeah, it it is cool to see that people's skill sets can move up so quickly and give you so much problems with just a little bit of their few years to your like decade of experience. And you're like, dang, that's that's impressive, man. That's great. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm never like down about myself about it. Nor should I think like, oh, this person shouldn't beat me. They've been training for four or five years. Like, sure, you can beat me. It's just, yeah. it's cool to see it because it's just not common. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, training's good. So your training is good. I feel yeah, like this fun. Oh, get this. My gym's adding an MMA class on Saturdays, right? Which is cool. I'm like, oh, cool. I, I would do that. Who's teaching it? And they go, uh, Spirit Wolf was teaching that spirit wolf that's crazy this is like an old nickname of i forget his real name this is a guy i trained with maybe just a handful of times like 10 years ago and he was an old fighter then and so i asked the owner of the gym I'm like oh spirit wolf's gonna be training this that's kind of crazy and he goes yeah look this is his son right here and i was like get out of here and his son comes over is probably like i don't know young 20s he's over 200 pounds he's way bigger than me and he's like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And I'm like, I can't believe that I've like trained with your father and now I'm going to train with you. Like two generations are going to beat me up. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's wild. Oh, I love that. How crazy is that? I know. I feel like it's going to happen <laughs> with me teaching. When I sub sometimes, like I see my niece now, like if I sub at like a middle school, you know, and then mm. soon... If there's more people in Staten Island, I'd be teaching my friends' kids. Like, and that's like kind of crazy. Not now. It'll be like what five, six, seven years though. But still, that's a blink sure. of an eye. Like, it'll happen. I'm like, holy fuck! I can't believe I've been training that long to have fa a father and then then their son. Actually, man, I I do roll with a dad who has his two sons that also roll. But I met them at the same time. Like to meet someone as you know. I mean, he obviously was a dad at that point. I just didn't know he was a young kid, but now this young kid's growing up and wants to be an MMA fighter. And you're like, wow, that's crazy. Wow. Like generational MMA fighters. Nuts. Well, even if they don't, even if they decide not to be it, like we said earlier, at least they carry that skill of knowing yeah. how to kick into whatever they do. Yeah, wild. Yeah. All right. I think uh, we talked about a lot of things. I like talking about our training sometimes. Yeah, we got it. This is this is why I wanted to even do the podcast because it forces me to train. Because sometimes if I'll hit a move, people will be like, "That's the philosophy of fighting," and I feel like <laughs> I love it too at the same time. Hell yeah, yeah. All right, right on. Thanks again, like always, guys, for listening. We'll catch you again. Cheers.
Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.